This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Asthma by Julia Pian and Dr. Laura Cheel. Learning Objectives By the end of this video, the learner will understand the pathophysiology, clinical presentation, diagnosis, and management of childhood asthma in the inpatient and outpatient setting. Introduction Asthma is one of the most common pediatric diseases, with 1 in 10 pediatric patients in the United States carrying the diagnosis. The disease commonly manifests as wheezing, breathlessness, chest tightness, and coughing, and can cause significant morbidity and mortality. Pathophysiology The underlying pathophysiology of asthma is reversible airflow obstruction. There are three main mechanisms that cause this obstruction. Bronchoconstriction, inflammation, and secretions. Bronchoconstriction occurs through constriction of smooth muscles around airways and is mediated through parasympathetic, muscarinic M3 receptors. Inflammation refers to airway wall edema and inflammatory cell infiltration in the submucosa, including eosinophils, activated helper T cells, mast cells, and sometimes neutrophils. Finally, increased airway secretions can narrow the airway lumen. These secretions are made up of mucus, desquamated lining cells, and intraluminal eosinophils. Clinical Presentation Asthma generally presents at a young age, with approximately 80% of children with asthma developing symptoms before age 5. Some common triggers of asthma exacerbations in children include viral upper respiratory infections, smoke, seasonal change, cold weather, cockroaches, mold, and other environmental factors. The most common symptoms of asthma are cough and wheezing, with breathlessness, chest tightness, chest pressure, and chest pain also described. There are a number of different features of cough that should raise concern for asthma. These include nocturnal cough, a cough that varies with the seasons, a cough that lasts more than three weeks, or a cough in response to specific exposures, such as cold air or exercise. The cough of asthma is usually dry and hacking, but may produce clear or white sputum. The wheeze of asthma is produced due to the narrowed airways and tends to be heard on expiration. This wheeze can sometimes be appreciated without a stethoscope. If the patient has a silent chest on physical exam during an asthma exacerbation, this may represent a dangerous limitation of airflow and escalation of care should be considered. Other important elements of the history to include are symptom control, use of a controller medication, known asthma triggers, impact on participation in school and activities, previous exacerbations including hospitalizations, ICU admissions, or intubations, and a personal medical history or a family history of atopy. Atopy is a hypersensitivity to allergens and a common triad of atopic diseases are asthma, eczema, also known as atopic dermatitis, and allergic rhinitis. Diagnosis When a child presents with cough, wheezing, and breathlessness, 
The differential diagnosis should include asthma, bronchiolitis, foreign body in the airway, anaphylaxis, and other causes of airway obstruction. Asthma is suspected to be the most likely diagnosis based on history and physical exam. Spirometry can be performed in the outpatient setting. Reversible airflow obstruction with FEV1 less than 80% of expected and reduced FEV1 over FVC ratio can help confirm the diagnosis of asthma. However, normal prebronchodilator spirometry does not rule out asthma. Children under 5 years of age are typically too young to perform spirometry. You may hear providers use the term reactive airway disease for very young children who have symptoms of asthma, but this label is nonspecific and may lead to underdiagnosis of asthma. In children who are too young to perform spirometry, improvement in symptoms with a trial of bronchodilator may help establish the diagnosis. A chest x-ray is not required or recommended to make a diagnosis of asthma, but it may be done to rule out other conditions on the differential diagnosis. The chest x-ray in asthma is often normal, but may show hyperinflation, bronchial thickening, or atelectasis. Venous blood gas samples may be obtained for patients with severe asthma exacerbations. Because patients with asthma exacerbations are tachypnic, CO2 values are expected to be low. A normal CO2 may suggest that the patient is not effectively ventilating and that the patient is at risk for impending respiratory failure. Management. The management of asthma focuses on two main areas, pharmacologic therapy and asthma education. As described previously, asthma is a result of bronchoconstriction, inflammation, and increased secretions. Each of the medications used to treat asthma targets one of these mechanisms. Bronchoconstriction is treated most commonly with albuterol, a beta-2 agonist, which leads to smooth muscle relaxation around the airways. In more severe cases, intravenous magnesium sulfate is also used to address bronchoconstriction. Inflammation is addressed with various forms of steroids depending on the situation. Some children use inhaled corticosteroids daily. During an acute exacerbation, a short course of IV or oral steroids is given to achieve control. Finally, ipratropium can help reduce secretions as well as bronchodilate. Of note, many medications can be delivered via inhaler or via nebulizer. The mode of delivery is determined based on patient age and availability. Outpatient management. Let's discuss the outpatient treatment of asthma. Some patients with asthma can be managed with an albuterol inhaler as needed. Medication that is used only when a patient is symptomatic is called a rescue medication. However, many asthma patients require daily therapy to control their symptoms, or a controller medication. A stepwise treatment ladder issued by the National Asthma Education and Prevention Program is used to gradually step up treatment based on symptom severity. Each category of severity is determined by the number of days per week that a patient experiences symptoms, the number of nighttime awakenings that occur per week, how often they need to use their short-acting beta agonist, and how severely their symptoms interfere with daytime activities. With each step in severity, the patient will either increase the dose of a current medication or add another medication to their regimen. For example, 
If a patient with mild intermittent asthma is found to be using the rescue inhaler more than two days per week, categorizing them as having mild persistent asthma, a daily low-dose inhaled corticosteroid would be prescribed, in addition to their short-acting beta agonist. If this same patient worsens and is later categorized as having moderate persistent asthma, a daily long-acting beta agonist, such as salmeterol, may be added to their regimen along with their daily inhaled corticosteroid and short-acting beta agonist. When children present to the emergency department with an asthma exacerbation, a scoring tool may be used to determine severity, and management follows accordingly. In moderate to severe cases, patients are often given albuterol and ipratropium to combat bronchoconstriction and help reduce secretions. Sometimes they are given three doses of nebulized albuterol and ipratropium back-to-back. You may hear providers refer to three doses of albuterol and ipratropium given back-to-back as a unineb, or a unified nebulizer. We recommend against using this language as its meaning is not clear to all providers. The patient is also given IV or oral steroids to help reduce inflammation. The albuterol treatments are then spaced out over time based on clinical symptoms. In particular, a patient's work of breathing, oxygen saturation, respiratory rate, respiratory exam, and dyspnea are used to help determine whether treatments can be spaced out further. If a child remains symptomatic despite frequent albuterol treatment, magnesium is considered to further aid against bronchoconstriction. Hospitals use institution-specific criteria based on the time interval between albuterol treatments to determine whether children can be discharged, should be admitted to the general floor, or should be admitted to an ICU. Inpatient management. On the general pediatrics floor, patients will continue treatment with albuterol until they can reliably space treatments far enough apart to allow safe administration of treatment at home. They will also continue on their home asthma controller medications and the systemic steroid course started in the emergency department. Asthma education will be conducted with the family and an asthma action plan put in place before the patient is discharged. Treatment for a patient admitted to an ICU may include non-invasive ventilation, terbutaline, and heliox. Intubation is avoided unless absolutely necessary, as intubation and positive pressure ventilation is associated with high mortality rate in children. The management of asthma in the ICU is beyond the scope of this video. Asthma education. Families should be counseled on the importance of avoiding the patient's asthma triggers, such as allergens, animal dander, fragrances, or smoke. They should be encouraged to practice good hand hygiene and to obtain the flu vaccine annually to prevent respiratory infections. The proper administration of medication should be reviewed, including how to use a metered dose inhaler and the importance of using a spacer to effectively deliver the inhaled medication to the airways and prevent the development of oral thrush. The concepts of rescue and controller medication should be reviewed. Every family should have an asthma action plan, a document which details how to care for the child's asthma on typical days and on days when the child is at risk for worsening asthma symptoms, such as in the setting of a respiratory illness or exposure to other triggers. In summary, asthma is the most common pediatric disease in developed countries, caused by reversible airflow obstruction due to bronchoconstriction, inflammation, and secretions.
It is most commonly clinically diagnosed in children before the age of five and presents as recurrent cough and wheezing. The mainstays of treatment are short-acting beta agonists, such as albuterol, steroids, and anti-muscarinic agents, such as epitrobium. As an inpatient, patients are managed based on the frequency of albuterol nebulizer treatments needed. As an outpatient, patients are managed based on the severity of the symptoms in a stepwise treatment ladder. Asthma education is essential to help children achieve asthma control. Thank you for watching this video on asthma. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.